0: All right, here we go. Bump <laughs> That's it. That's the theme song, man. That is the theme song for this. I'm going to call it a podcast. All right. I was calling it voicemail and uh, uh, whatever else I was calling it. Shows. Well, they are shows. There will be a variety of shows. And today's show is going to be called Big Sexy Hooks. Big Sexy Hooks. Da-na-na-na. Big. Se- yeah, It's coming up. And uh, But what you're listening to right now is the ADL Driftwood Podcast with your host, Dave. A day in the life of the Driftwood Podcast with me, Dave, Steve, Dave, get it right. I wasn't going to give my name, but I don't see any way that I can't because at some point I want to have uh, interviews with people and uh you know i'd I'd like to I'd like to have friends on and various people and people that I know, and I would like to interview them and there's all kinds of people that I want to interview in the future. I want to interview uh a friend of mine who's a trainer, and he's the one who kind of got me off the sluggish lifestyle that was leading me to a very early grave and got me back out on the mountain bike and actually working out for the first time in my life because I never used to work out at all. I'd like to have him and various other people on friends of mine who are songwriters. You know, it's going to be weird if they know me as Dave. And then I'm like, oh, by the way, when uh, we start, don't call me Dave. Why? Ah, no, I'm Chuck. Call me Chuck. So I just figured uh, it's not going to work. I might as well just I might as well just be Dave. Are you doing good? Are you living the low carb lifestyle? I've been trying to live the, the low-carb lifestyle, and um, it's, it's peaks and troughs. And I'll put it to you this way. Um, last week, I stepped on the scale and I'd gone up. And I was like, okay, I got to get it under control. So I spent the whole week kind of chomping away at it. I'm just going to get right into the story of what's going on with, with the tub of guts and the, the eating, etc., so, so I'm, I was trying really hard last week. I was doing okay. And, uh, you know, ups and downs, a little bit of cheating, some snacks at night, et cetera. But the big thing that was making me nervous was this big party that we had to go to on Saturday night. It was a, a, a relative in the family. It was his 70th birthday. And it was at a big, expensive hotel. And we were staying the night. It like... It was going to be fun. And so my wife and I were like, look, we both know what's been happening. We've been sliding. We've been sliding into our old ways. And we, I definitely don't want to go there. So I got to turn it around. But that being said, this is going to be a fun weekend. And I'm not not going to enjoy myself. So let's say starting next week or even on the Sunday, the next morning we wake up. And it's like let's get reprogrammed, and Sunday's a good day to reprogram. make a nice, hearty dinner on Sunday night, and away you go. uh you know, you've started the week off, get to bed early, and then Monday, boom, you're right into it. so that all happened more more or less we 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 did the big party on Saturday night, uh full jerk mode, well, not totally, but there there was there was plenty of everything consumed. And you know, my big one is is beer. I'm the beer boy. And um, so we, we just, we did it. You can imagine how we felt in the morning. <laughs> so we got up and uh, got it back together though. And you know, had our showers and managed to kind of clean it up and we're on a good track. But I tell you, the one thing about, I call this the new the New Year's Eve. Uh, the New Year's Eve is like where you go, okay, starting tomorrow, I'm not going to do anything out of my rules. All rules start tomorrow. I'm never going to have another bite of cake again. I'm never going to light another cigarette. I'm never going to let sugar even cross my lips, let alone a carb, nothing. I am living a pious vegan life starting tomorrow. How long do you think that's going to last, right? And the worst part is that the cravings are so huge cuz you've been programming yourself to to eat this way and training your body that like to send off those hunger hormones and just to send out all these cravings cuz you've been living this lifestyle it's all about habits well that's exactly what happened i made it till monday after dinner and i think i had one of my usual bowls of crapola I don't know, I was probably mainlining the peanut butter and the jam. I like to do that, just dip a spoon in one and then dip it in the other and then lick them off the spoon. Like, it's it's embarrassing. I can't believe I just admitted that. <laughs> it it used to be worse, though. It used to be, like, straight up, get in the car and go buy 40 to $80 worth of chocolate and chips, and that would get you through the whole week, and when that was gone, you'd, you'd get more. Yeah, I had some kind of a snack on Monday night and last night I think I did the same. So it's you know, I'm always like, you know I'm eating like a like a pious monk during the day. You know, it's so good. The exercise. But then after dinner, oh my god, it's way different. You're you're just rooting through the pantry, through the shelving. You're raiding your kids' closet. You're like I know that you got an Easter egg in here. Where's that Easter bunny? I saw it. It's uh, and I've done all those embarrassing things. It's horrible. Chocolate. It's an addiction, you know. But it's not just the chocolate. It's the sugar and the, the salt. Anyway, I wasn't bad both days, but I think I snacked at the nighttime. And all in all, it wasn't even that bad. But I certainly haven't been a hundred percent good. But I've been doing my best. And look, it's it. I haven't fallen completely off the wagon. But um, I haven't kept up to exactly what I the standard I wanted to be, and that's why every single day is just is just another day. You just you try your best, and uh, so far today, you know, we're doing okay. But I will say, you know, we well, yeah. Today, this is Wednesday now, so we're halfway through the week. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. I finally got a moment to myself. I want to just kind of bang out this intro for, um, for this week's one, for this week's podcast, I guess, because the second half is Big Sexy Hooks, and I've already released it, and I'll get into that, but uh, here we are, three o'clock in the afternoon, and that is not a coffee that I am drinking. <laughs> it's just one. It's just one. And then I've got to get into the kitchen and start cooking dinner shortly. So this is it. This was my little reward to myself. Both kids stayed home today. Both of them sick. And uh, you thought you had plans. This is life talking to me. Life said, you thought you had plans. You thought you were going to get this done and get these off your to-do list and do this and that. No, you're not you are going to take your children to a little park for a little bit of a walk in the sunshine and then bring them home and cook them a big hearty lunch and look after them and put them down for a nap. And um, that's the way that day is going to go. And quite often you don't find out until you've just woken up that morning and we're all excited, skipping into your office to you know pay a bunch of people and get a bunch of things done. Nope anyway, that's what we're doing. How are you doing? Are you looking after yourself? Are you trying? Are you setting a few goals and then beating yourself up <laughs> about uh crapping out on them? I hope not i hope uh I hope that you you are taking the same approach just one day at a time uh, and um and if you do give in to temptation um you know, it could be worse. I'm not lighting a cigarette. I haven't had one of them in a, in a year. Um, it's just life is what it is, man. Sometimes it just sometimes we fall back on these things and they're crutches, like mainlining peanut butter and jam into your mouth at nine o'clock at night when everyone's gone to bed, and you just you're standing there with your little tracksuit on, shoveling. Anything you can find with sugar in it into your mouth. <laughs> Why? What? I, I done so well. Tomorrow's another day. Anyway, um, I want to tell you about the second half of this this podcast um, because uh, I recorded it yesterday or the day before, and I listened back to it. It's kind of rough. Look, it's the first one, so it's a show that I want to do called Big Sexy Hooks. And it's got a great theme song. Uh, i'm 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 digging the the more I think about the theme song, I think it's my favorite part about the whole show. I listened back to it, and I kind of ramble as opposed as opposed to this right now, where I'm completely coherent. I think I was trying to uh, cover too much uh, too quickly. I noticed that I I kept saying okay okay as though I was teaching a course like so and then it does this okay okay, and um, but I'm not going to go ahead and and redo it. I really want this whole thing to be kind of quick and dirty. I do want to just be able to ramble them off into my phone. And if if one of them doesn't work out the way I wanted to or doesn't hit my level of expectation, I'm there'll be another one down the road. I'll do another one. So. It does kind of wafer and flow here and there, and um, uh, it's all I'm. It's all I'm saying. But I think when I listen back to it, it's got some some really neat points. And I think the biggest point that I was making uh, by comparing the two songs that I do compare, which is "Somewhere in My Car" by Keith Urban, and um, "One Headlight" by um, uh, Jacob Dylan. I think he wrote it. His band is called the Wallflowers. Is is that uh, both those songs? Start on what's called the four. So that's that's the big the big takeaway from the second half hour of this. I do want to keep the uh, format. I, I quite enjoyed doing breaking it up into two 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 recordings. I find rambling for a full hour into the phone is fairly exhausting, and I start to fade in the second half. And you just can't come prepared enough with enough to kind of fill in a whole hour. That being said, I feel like I was rushing it in the second half. But um, part of the reason for that is uh, I think I was trying to cover too many thoughts all at once. I had too much in my head that I was trying to get out. So over time, uh, the format will uh, hopefully sort itself out. But I do like the idea of recording two half an hour segments and then mashing them together. And so this one, this one hour show, uh, you know, the first the first half hour being preamble, sort of about lifestyle, how we're doing, uh, whether or not I'm uh you know, I'm (laughs) to use a to use a term that is used way too much these days, keeping myself accountable for what I'm doing. Uh you know, we, I've shared what some of my goals are about the eating and activity and parenthood and just trying to keep my anxiety level lower. And so the first half hour is going to be preamble about that type of thing. And then the second half hour delving into um, some kind of musical topic. Uh, and I'll probably break those topics up into various shows. So the show today in this episode is called big sexy hooks, De-de-de-de-de. and I was thinking about the next show that I would like to do. I really wanted to do one called Sniffin' Out Stinkers, and I really, because I think more because I like the title, Sniffin' Out Stinkers, and I've been dabbling on a theme song. It is stealing um, Olivia Newton-John's uh, Sniffin' Out, Sniffin' Out, I want to get sniffing out, sniffing out a stinker now. Something like that. Yeah, what is that? Physical. What do you think of that theme song? Um, I think I like it more because I like the title, Sniffing Out Stinkers, than I actually like the concept because the concept was let's listen to an album and kind of scroll through the tracks quickly and realize that it's really not as good as we remembered it. There's a lot of really bad songs on it. And let's just kind of shine a light on some of these crappy songs. It happened when I was listening to an album by Skid Row, their big one, with 18 and Life on it. And it took me like four songs to get to a good one. I was like, what? Some of these songs are pretty bad, man. Uh, there was, yeah, it was the one, that, the one that got me, goes, shake, shake, shake it like a rattlesnake. And I was like, what? What? how many of this how many copies of this album did they sell uh poison is a good example of that as well so they got a lot of stinkers on their albums and what's interesting is uh, when you compare it to an album like appetite for destruction or even yesterday i put on the cult electric to see if if there were any stinkers on there and honestly there's not <laughs> they're all pretty good so it's it's neat the way you look at these ol- old albums from the eighties nineties. I mean, they could be from any era and um, yeah, some of them have got some stinkers on them and I I do like the idea of sniffing out stinkers. But what I found was uh, I don't want to uh, kind of punch down at one hit, one hit wonder people, you know, like there's a lot of, a lot of songs out there that uh, that was their big hit and it's awful And I think making fun of one-hit wonder people because they they got big with a with a crummy song like you know tiptoe through the tulips with by Tiny Tim you know poor guy's been dead for ages it's it's just where's the fun in that you know it's more fun to make fun of like you two you know because they can take it with all their money you know that's that's the kind of person I would like to kind of take a basically say. Let's just explore this album a little bit. And the the Joshua tree is a good one to look at because you know that was a seminal album for my generation growing up. It was it was everywhere. It was ubiquitous. And um I don't know, man. Like where are the major songs? Where there's a lot of the lot of sad stuff on there. Ooh, cold play would be a good one too. Yikes. Somebody give that guy like a you know, a happy pill of some kind, man. Take some CBD oil, chug a beer, and write a song in a major key, man. Yeah, but um, I'm not sure about sniffing out stinkers yet. I've been struggling with that one, so I'm not sure what the next the next show is going to be. We have a little visitor here. We have a visitor here. What are you doing? They've gone out for a little bit. Just a second, please. All right. Uh, there's, I have a visitor. It seems that the movie that we put on is over. It's now time to make a snack. And um, yeah, I'll leave it at this. Uh, we've got a few. I do have a lot of ideas for other shows. And um, uh, sniffing Out Stinkers isn't the only one uh there's a few more ideas and look i'm just going to i will keep it up uh one week at a time uh coming up with various ideas for content thinking about music because it's endless we could write a song together um we're going to be looking at some of uh, some of the songs that i've written over the years and talking about the craft of songwriting and that's primarily what i want to focus on so with that being said Let's get into uh the, the second half of this where I delve into these two songs and compare them. And uh yeah, two two guys that I respect a great deal and I think uh are are right up there with uh with great songwriters. Uh certainly uh, current current ish. So um yeah, let's get into it. Big sexy hooks. Okay, uh yeah. Da 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 da, ba ba Big sexy hooks, Da-da-da-da. big sexy hooks, Da-da-da-da. big sexy hooks. That's it. That's that's the theme song. What what do you think? I just came up with it. Uh, you gotta love the old mountain bike ride for coming up with crap like that. Uh, it's not. It, Actually, a really big sexy hook, or is it? Dude, what do you think? I like it. It's, it's kind of hooky. big, and then it's got the, um you know, the TV commercial. You know, that is the big sexy hook. Big sexy hooks. All of my music comes back to the theme song for WKRP in Cincinnati, the first one. That era when I first started. Learning, well, I became addicted to TV, and that was one of my favorite shows, right? Baby, if you ever wondered. And then, of course, the song at the end. The first song is kind of like about Andy Travis, right? Who's the program director, and he shows up. And I I think, did he even sing it? It's kind of about him, anyway. I don't know, sometimes these guys sing the song, you know? Like, uh, didn't the Hoffs sing the Baywatch song and, like, didn't Lee Majors sing the Fall Guy? And I could be wrong about all this, actually. I think I am. And then uh, and that last song at the end is kind of more like it's Johnny Fever, though. I got to do that one for a big sexy hook. What is with that song? I'll put that in my notes later. All right, so look, how you doing? I want to get to this. This is the first episode of Big Sexy Hook. Big Sexy Hooks. And we're going to talk about, uh, in this show, we talk about duogs, daughters. No, we're going to talk about Big Sexy Hooks. You know, what puts them to that level? Now, I understand that uh, Rick Beato has a thing called What Makes This Song Great. And that's fine. I'm not going to deep dive like that guy. Have you ever watched a full Rick Beato video? Even his Instagram videos, I am like, like he loses me. Not, they're not, they're amazing. He's He deserves the following he gets. He, his, the level that he is at in terms of a study and Mixolydian and Dionian scales. And I'm like, Rick, I'm gone. And I've been playing music for 30 years. And, and I'm, and Rick, Rick is like so far above my level. I'm, I'm doing this for somebody who doesn't play music. I'm just discussing music with someone who's maybe not, so much a musician, but just a music lover. Now, in this, I will, I will, I will say, I will talk about uh, chords in terms of one, four, five of the the minor six and the seventh. That's about as technical as I want to get. And all I'm saying when I when I say that is that is that you got to remem- remember or just understand that in in song structure, no matter what musical key a song is in you've got about six chords. And basically, all pop music that you're gonna hear, country, pop, everything, is kind of built out of about six chords. And and the best ones are with the one, the four, and the five, because those are your happy chords. So, one, four, five is yeah, I think you've heard that before. That's, that's the happy chord. And then if you wanna cheat, you bring in the minor the minor six is the sad one A it is something to be Ba doo boo ba doo boo 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 ba doo. Okay and we're we've taken a trip to Ireland Oh ye, oh matey And then we're gonna get happy 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 ha- Happy and big sexy hooks. My theme song is in a minor. Boom boom ba Boom boom ba And then it resolves on a happy. Big sexy Hooks. So you got major or minor. Major is happy, minor is sad. It's easy to write uh, a rockin' song in a minor key. Minor rocks hard. And I feel like minor is a bit of a cheat code. It's harder to write a great, a great song that's deep, has listenabil- listenability, isn't corny, and sounds great, and is in a major key. That is harder. Minor key is a bit of a cheat code. You're already getting kind of bonus points for being in a minor key. Hotel California. Um, uh, Sultan's a Swing. There's just, there's a lot of rockin' minor songs. And then to make it rockin' in a major key is a bit tougher. For now, let's get straight into it. We're talking about two songs today. I've already picked them. And uh, they are Keith Urban's, what the heck is it called? In My Car. Is that what it's called? Somewhere In My Car. Okay, and it's off his, I'm not sure, like 2016 album. Uh, and I'm going to get into my thoughts on Keith Urban and why I chose Somewhere in My Car by Keith Urban. And also this, um, I'm comparing it to a Wallflower song called One Headlight. And uh, Wallflowers is Jacob Dylan's band, uh, Bob Dylan's son. And I'm not always going to do two songs. I'm not sure how I'm going to do it. This is the first one. This is the very first episode of Big Sexy Hooks. But I'm, I'm excited. And so let's get straight into it. Why did I pick these two songs? Well, I really like Keith Urban. Somebody has put a lot of money into Keith Urban's career. He is... It's very interesting. Let's let's start with a, a little ramble about good old Keith. First of all, I don't think Urban is his real last name. I suppose I could have had the wiki tab open. But... Um, I'm not. I'm just, we don't have time for that, okay? I'm just rambling with a cup of coffee and a guitar and a phone in front of me, okay? So the first first thing I know about Keith Urban is that his name isn't Keith Urban. I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know what it is. Wally Walchuk. Who knows? But I do know this. He's from a place north of here in the northland of uh, New Zealand called um, Fungamataa. Oh crap. Fungaree, I think it's called. funger I'm pretty sure it's Fengarae. Anyway, it's it's up north. It's a, it's a big the bigger city up north. But that being said, that it's not a big city compared to a place in like Asia, like China or any Asian city. Um Anyway, he's he's a Kiwi guy, okay? And everybody thinks he's American, but he's done one of those Russell Crowe type Kiwi type moves where He's infiltrated. He snuck over there and he's become one of them. Like Rick Springfield's an Australian. And uh, he talks with an American accent. Now, I'm sure if you heard Keith Urban talk, he'd sound like a Kiwi. But uh, he sings like a Southerner. That's for sure. And I've listened to enough of his stuff that he'll, he'll put on that Southern accent when he needs it. However, I don't think he really is a country artist. I think he's a pop artist. He... He's a pop artist the way that Robbie Williams is a pop artist. He's one of those guys that's got a ton, a ton of ability and um, can kind of do anything. If you listen to his most recent album, it, uh, it's dabbling on bro country, but with like hip hop and all sorts of stuff. I don't, I don't know what it is. Uh, and I don't like it as much as this album with Somewhere in My Car on it. So, and the the reason why I feel that is I feel like it's the genre uh, of this album with this somewhere in my car is that that genre is more consistently um, a little bit that pop country kind of in the um, in the uh, vein of uh, like a Shania Twain type, uh, which I like. I like that really well produced modern country. I like it just before it dips into bro country. Where I can't agree with their ideology of like let's party so hard, I I I'm very specific with my tastes, but um, you know what? Now I want to know what that uh, Keith Urban song is called, so I'm gonna find out or his album. Hang on. Okay, we're back, and um, sorry about that. I I don't want to have to um, keep typing things into the computer and looking them up. And uh, and I also don't want to spend three hours preparing for this. So uh, I just typed it in. I found out the the album for, for Somewhere in My Car is called Fuse from 2013. And he's had a few albums since then. But uh, I think he kind of has drifted off that, that kind of, uh, that Fuse. Great title. Yeah, Fuse. Of country and pop that uh, you know that I really I really do like uh, Dixie Chicks Lady Antebellum now they're called Lady A and Dixie Chicks are now called the Chicks um, they canceled themselves and wh- and who else Shania Twain Love. old Canadian uh uh, you know that's uh, I like that style where it's very palatable I, I do love it as long as it doesn't dip into too corny I like it and that's a fine line to be very accessible and not corny but anyway um this 2013 album I think he was really uh he was really at at uh a good style at that point And uh, Somewhere in My Car is the first big track off it. So obviously, whoever put it together, and they would have put a lot of money behind this album, um, thought that it was the strongest song. And two songs on is... uh, Yeah, Even the Stars Fall For You is the next one. And then third one is Cop Car. So all three of them are big, sexy hooks. Big, sexy hooks. And um, yeah, I love it. And uh, we're going to talk about why... Uh, Somewhere in my car is a great song. So, first of all, it's got some big notes in it. He's got a high voice, and uh, and he can do it. And um, so, it's in the key of B flat or A sharp. Well, let's call it B flat. All right, and the but the thing with this song is that it. Um, it doesn't start on what's called the root note. It starts on the four. That's, those are the chords. Now, by the way, I don't want to get done for copyright claim on all this stuff. Uh, this is as fair use as it gets, talking about and exploring music. It's totally fair, fair use. But that being said... Uh, I know one big guitar channel on YouTube that he got a copyright claim for playing a D suspended fourth chord. So I know all about the the way that uh, their algorithm and uh, detection matches up stuff and falsely claims videos. So who knows? Let's see where this goes. I'm going to try not to. Uh, I'm not going to play the original track, and I'm just going to talk about it uh f- from a third party and I'm I will play them but I won't I'm hoping that I can clip them short enough yeah. before it gets dinged for a claim So um that's yeah. how the song starts yeah. right't wanna be alone okay so we're resting we're coming back to this four. That, that chord there is the root, and there's the minor 6, and the 5 for the turnaround. So the chords would be um, a, a D-sharp or an E-flat, a B-flat, G-minor, and uh, the turnaround. What is that? A D up 3 frets. F-sharp? Is that? Help me. F? Thank you. F. Okay. That's what Keith's doing, but you could modulate it into any key. And if I played this live, I would modulate it. I'm, oh, by the way, I'm playing it capo out on the third fret right now so that, um, uh, so that I could play it in the shape of a G chord. Oh, and by the way, when I said you didn't ho- have to know much about music theory uh, at the beginning, I, I, I was right about that. I'm, I'm going to try and keep the theory simple. But guitar, on the other hand, you're gonna have to know. You have to be expert level <laughs> to understand what I'm talking about. Sorry, uh, I should have clarified that. Now you don't have to be expert level, but um, but where we are right now, the current flow is about where I'm going. I am going to uh, keep the level of it. So a capo is that thing that kind of moves the the um, the nut of a guitar up to make it so you can play the easy opening shapes. And change the key for your voice for singing, so um, I don't even think Keith Urban plays it with a capo. But if you were going to do it solo live, you would you would want to capo it. Don't wanna be alone. All right, moving on. So that's where he is. But there's a big note coming up. Okay. So so what he does is um, he starts out with these this great intro, paints the picture for you. Then he does like a pre-chorus, which I'm not a big fan of pre-choruses, but he does it quite well. He do. Don't know why I do this too. And the funny thing about that is uh, that line, I don't know why I do this to myself, is a recurring theme in country songs. It always comes up about how... They're such a degenerate. Oh, why am I doing this again? Oh, I'm, why do I drink? I should, I ought to know by now. I ought to know. They're always saying they ought to know. Why don't you just not do it? That's what I always think. You know, usually it's about drinking. They're like, I'm okay. Well, nobody's putting a gun to your head. All right. Um, yeah, that's just a thing. I noticed that it's a recurring kind of trade in country music. is They like to beat themselves up over making poor decisions <laughs> and keith is sticking with the with the kind of mantra and he said it to it as well don't want to do my damn. he cools off Ooh, sorry but i know you're with and then the tension someone else and now the big sexy hook but in my mind so he's hitting a big note. That's a G above middle C. That's a hard note for a man to hit. Uh, especially from, your, from your, your regular voice without going into falsetto, which is what I did there. Mind. I'm not going to blow the phone away and do it. So I will go falsetto. Find you somewhere in my car. And it's raining hard on the street like blow. glow. All right, you get the picture. And what's really cool is he goes into a rap there and, uh, and says, um, but in my mind, we're somewhere in my car and it's raining hard on a street light glow. You got your lips on mine. It's gasoline on fire. I never will forget. You grabbed my shirt and pulled it over my head, fingers Fingers sliding up and down my back, breathing hard, steaming up the glass. Giving it think if I could bring you back. Whoa whoa, 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 whoa. It's fantastic lyrics. It paints a very um, sexual picture. The the video is sexy, and uh, what's really neat about this song is there's really no bridge, and there's really no definitive. Chorus or that, there was a chorus, but it doesn't change chords. It just basically hangs out on those four, um, those four chords. So it's the 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 four, the root, the minor, and the um, the five. Okay, so he's made this neat pattern, and he's starting by coming in on the four. <laughs> 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 And now if it was me, because that's a big note for me, I would either move the capo down two frets. That would get me into a, And then I could hit a F, an F note, which is an F above middle C, so it's a little bit of an easier note. Or or just play it with different chords. But let's see if... But in the in my car, and it's raining hard. So, yeah, I would probably be inclined to do it there. Maybe if it was um, three quarters of the way through a live show night, I might. Well, I could probably at that point do the Keith notes, but I certainly wouldn't open up a night with it. But if I was just sitting here at, at 10 in the morning doing it. I you I've got your lips on mine, mine. There it is. Mine, it's gasoline on fire. It's still a pretty big note, man. F above middle C, that's, um... And you heard me squeak out there. That's, um... That's Penny Royalty with, uh... Penny Royalty! Oof, Nirvana. Yeah, that's it. That's still... F is still a big note. But anyway, Keith can do the G. And that's why Keith is the big star. There's one more thing about Keith that's, um... That you might not know. Other than he's a Kiwi. He's married to Nicole Kidman. Uh, he's 54 years young. Uh... Ex-alcoholic from what I heard, so respect on him for that. Um, He's really cleaned it up. People have put a ton of money behind him. Anytime Keith releases something, um, there's a lot of marketing that goes behind it. He's everywhere, man. He shows up on my Spotify and TV commercials down here. I mean, somebody is really trying to pump his career, that's for sure. Um, I don't know if he's 54 either, by the way. I just was guessing. But, um, oh, is that he shreds on the guitar. He (laughs) shreds. Man, is he a good guitar player. And I believe he's a banjo player. The first time he came across my radar, he was uh, plucking the banjo in his first tune. uh, I want to love somebody like you. Um... Yeah, and I think that's all him on the banjo. Banjo is hard to play, man. It's hard to play it well, to do that Scruggs-style banjo, which is what he was doing with the five-string. But he's also a wicked guitar player, so again, respect. And he burns a really neat, tasty solo in this song. And he's using that um, that kind of auto-wah type thing that, uh, that the guy from... Um, Audio Slave, um, well, Rage, the Rage guitar player, um, who my, I loved Audio Slave. I thought they were fantastic. And, uh, in that song, womp, 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 like a stone, that's another one I should do. I'll do a great, a big, sexy hooks on that. That's in a minor key and it rocks, right? They're using the minor key cheat code. Uh, anyway, I love that Ottawa. Keith does a big solo with the Ottawa and uh, hit some really nice notes. And, you know, much like the David Gilmour school of soloing, it's not all about uh, how many notes you're playing. It's just nice notes, texture, you know, really striking the guitar. And yeah, it's fantastic. So anyway, that's where I'm at with that song. And the reason why I'm going to compare it to another mm. one called uh, One Headlight mm. by... Um, Jacob Tutu and the Hooded Fang, uh, Jacob Dylan and his band The Wallflowers. What happened to those guys? Uh, is because um, when I heard going from the. Okay, those four chords, I was like. Dun, 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 dun. Going from the four to the root. What other song does that? What other song does that? And uh, I was plucking it with that little bouncy beat, which is, uh, the you know, the Barracuda. I love it, yeah. Yeah, it's that one. So uh, it's uh, I was like, what is that? Change the key. It's uh, one headlight by uh, by uh, the Wallflowers, and uh, that one is in the key of D, but it starts on the four, which is the G, goes to the D, and then instead of the relative minor, sorry, it's not a minor there; it's a major. So instead of going what would be uh, a B minor chord to an A, if it was to copy the key, what Keith. Urban song does. His is a G to a D to a F sharp major to a B minor and then it drops down to an hang out on an A note and um cycles through it. And what's neat about that song is um well that pattern obviously and he starts on that on the four note as well because it's actually all in the key of D but the the entire song builds tension and hardly ever resolves on the D. It takes, it takes ages. So um, they're, they're both doing that same trick of not starting on the root note and actually starting on the four note. And because they're in dif- different keys, um, Jacob Dylan's is, uh, is in D. Yeah, and, and so we're starting on that G. And I'll take you back now to the mid-90s when I first heard it. So first off, I was like, Wow, this is a really good-looking son of Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan's my favorite guy on the planet so for songwriting, so he must be uh, he must be good if you grew up in the same house as Bob. And he is great. Uh, it just seems like the career kind of peaked right at that time, and I was waiting to see more. I'm not sure. And like I said, I don't have time to Google him or Wiki him. <laughs> I got to get this out there. So... Um, What happened to him? I don't know. You can Google him on your own time. But he had this song, and it was the big hit off their album, uh, whatever, the good one. And it came out in the mid-'90s. And I just Googled the lyrics, and interestingly enough, it's all about a funeral. And uh, can you make a pop song that's, you know, a a, a big hit that's about a funeral? And, yeah, I guess you can, because... He did it. So long ago, I don't remember when. That's when they say I lost my only friend. They said she died easy of a broken heart disease as I listened to the cemetery trees. I see the sun coming up at the funeral at dawn. Now, this is funny because when I first learned this song, I used to play this live in the 90s. And I, there was, maybe I I probably could have Googled the lyrics, but instead I used to just listen to it and write it down by hand. And I thought that this line was... I see the sun coming up at the funeral at dawn, and what, what I always sang was, with a Vaughn looking on with human law. It makes no sense, but that's what I thought that he was saying. Okay, it's kind of like the blinded by the light. <laughs> Ramped up like a doo shadow, I do, I do, I do. I had no idea. With a Vaughn. That's what I thought he said. With a Vaughn, which is a woman's name, looking on with human law. I didn't, I couldn't tell what he was saying. And that's what I sang. And nobody ever came up to me and said, you know, you butchered that lyric at the first second line of the second verse. Well, I'm looking at it now the first time in 20 years. um, According to Google, it's with the long broken arm of human law. So I wasn't far off. And what the heck does that mean? I see the sun coming up at the funeral at dawn, with the long broken arm of human law. Now it always seems such a way, she always had a pretty face, I wonder. I like the way he goes to a minor, That goes to a major F sharp chord in there, because it's in the key of D, so it should in that key be um, an F sharp minor, but he made it a major to give it real tension, it's great. Always seems such a way, she always had a pretty face. I wonder why she hung around this place. And sometimes it's little tricks that, like that that make it um, special. That, that That's what... Hey, 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 hey. Going up to the four. Come on, try a little. Root. That's the resolve. That's the key it's in. Nothing is forever. To be something better than in the middle, me and Cinderella put it all together. We can doggy home. This is building up tension on the five, holding with one head. And you think it's gonna resolve on the root, right? Give me that root, man. When I bite, no, it doesn't with one head. Right, that's the four. Five that's when it finally resolves on that chord there. We can it with one hand now. There's the resolve. So very neat song as well. I mean, that song is all about tension. It uh, It takes ages to resolve on that chord and it never really does resolve. So that's why I thought they were both very similar kind of songs. They both do the same trick where they're... They're not starting on the root. It's not traditional, and um, and they're starting on the four chord. And um, yeah, I don't know. You you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, if you if you if you played guitar, man, you'd know what I'm talking about. Anywho, I've had a good time, and um, this is about where I want to keep it. I I will mention that um, uh, Jacob Dylan is the son of Bobby D. No, that's Robert De Niro. Uh, that's <laughs> No, it's not Robert De Niro. Bob Dylan is who I'm talking about. Talking about a guy who has a stage name. Uh, That ain't his real name. It's Robert Zimmerman. But uh, he's gone by Bob Dylan since about 1961. And he is the reason why I started writing songs. Uh, Absolutely, the first time I heard Bob Dylan. And I'll get into that and why I love Dylan. But one of the interesting things um, with... Dylan and songwriting is that he's written so many songs over the years, he's so prolific, you wouldn't even know that he's written some of these massive hits. I mean, uh, there's that song to make you feel my love. People love it. It's been covered a ton by lots of women. People always sing it on those voicey type shows when they go on TV. Dylan wrote it. Dylan wrote that one. He also wrote a much covered and much despised song Rock me mama like a wagon wheel. He's written that one. The four-chord song. And uh you know f- four-chord songs are this is going back to Keith Urban's one too. It's I mean it's four chords. It's uh it's just basically a cycle of chords just like the Keith Urban one. No bridge, the chorus and the and the the verse and the chorus have the same chords under underneath them and then it just um it just cycles through and it just goes to a slightly higher melody in the chorus. And that's a great songwriting trick, and it's very good for easy beginners, and that's why so many people like Wagon Wheel, because it's a great it's uh. a great beginner song. Right? <laughs> Dylan wrote it. I I was playing it in B there. Um that's the key that uh, Hootie he'll always be Hootie to me Darius Rucker plays it in the other one that Dylan did that's even less chords is uh people don't know this one uh it's called You Ain't Going Nowhere uh young people don't because uh Hootie hasn't covered it yet yeah (laughs) but the birds did a cover of it this one's only got three chords G A minor C Back to the G. Three chords. Whenever I get on a piano or a new instrument, this is the first song I always uh, try to figure out how to play because it's just so easy. Clouds so swift, the rain won't lift. Gateways closed, railings froze. Ooh, we ride me high. Tomorrow's the day my bride's gonna... I'll tell you what, man if I haven't got caught for copyright by this point, I can almost get away with anything with the guitar. (laughs) Cause that's probably about as much as I'm going to sing and play through all the songs. So we'll pop this one up there and see what old ye old copyright does for us. uh, Whether it gets detected or not. But uh, yeah, that's my point about those three Dylan songs was uh, Dylan is absolutely prolific. He's written way more than what you would think. People just go, I'm I don't like his voice. Well, I don't, know. I don't know who says it with that voice, but <laughs> that's generally the big criticism. And hey, you're right, man. You're right. Uh, he's got a very uh, unique, is putting it nicely, voice. But um, he's a master of songwriting. He's the master of songwriting. Uh, I learned his uh, song, um, Blowing in the Wind, when I was in public school uh 30 something years ago 40 years ago uh, it was already a standard in public school books and uh it sounded like it was written 100 years before that he wrote it in about 62 uh so anyway Dylan we'll get more about Dylan in the future but um you know you can imagine that his son growing up in that house is is going to be a good songwriter And, uh, well, One Headlight certainly proves it. And even though Jacob Dylan's career hasn't been as, um, prolific as his dad's, uh, that's for his own reason, because, uh, One Headlight is, still stands up. It's a great song. It's indicative of those 90s songs. It's, it's got a lot of, got a lot of lyrics and it's long and that's the way they all went back then. Yeah, I'm looking at it here on, there's a lot of lyrics in that song, but that's, you ever listen to those Smash Mouth songs or, um. Third Eye Blind, the uh, even Hook by Blues Traveler, the the amount of lyrics in all the songs of that era is crazy, man. They just they was all they, they they had to rap the third verse. They pass the test of it. I want something. They were all like that. They crammed a bunch of lyrics in, so you can't really uh, you you got to take it for what it is uh, of the time that was the era. And if you wanted to get uh, radio play, that's just was a trend. And anyway, uh, speaking of Jacob Dylan, I do know that he did one other song uh, that's come across my radar, and it's called "It's Called." There's gonna be a darkness, and the way I know that is one of my favorite bands is um, the Jayhawks, and the singer from that band is named Gary Luris, and they came out with an album uh, a couple of years ago, "Backroads" and something. Anyway, when that album came out, it, it again went all over my radar, thanks to um, Facebook and Instagram and Zuckerberg and his clever algorithms. And anyway, it was everywhere. And of course, I listened to it and I, I adore it. And that album is, there's a lot of um, songs on there that Gary Lewis from the Jayhawks has written for other people. There's a song that he did for uh, the Dixie Chicks on there. Uh, called Everybody Knows, and there's this song called "There's Gonna Be a Darkness," and um, interestingly, it's not sung by Gary Lewis in the song. It's sung by the drummer of the band. <laughs> and this that song "There's Gonna Be a Darkness" was actually written by Jacob Dylan, other than the bridge, from what I'd heard, and um, it's from the TV show, or was written by Jacob Dylan for the TV show. True Blood, and uh, it's about a funeral as well. So there's two songs by Jacob Dylan about funerals. This one, this one's really neat. I recommend it if you go uh, seek it out. It's called "There's Going to Be a Darkness," and I think it's one of the heaviest, wickedest songs. There's going to be roses, and your picture in a frame. The women will be crying, and the men they will whisper your name. Umbrellas will be open on a hillside of grace. The children will be dressed up and chase each other in the rain, and there's gonna be a darkness, maybe colder than you guess. There may be music, there may be stairs, there may be angels fill in the air. Your mother may be there, your father may be there. There may be voices sent from, sent from a throne, to carry you home. Fantastic lyrics. Um, it's beautiful as a poem. And it's beautiful as a song. And uh from what I heard Gary Lewis was recruited by Jacob Dylan to write the bridge. Well you think there's a place wide open and wide where you think you'll be safe, where you think there's a light, there's gonna be a darkness, maybe colder than you guess. There may not be music. There may not be stairs. There may not be angels filling the air. Your mother may be there. Your father may be there. It's a great song. Look it up. Uh, so there it is. I've had a great time talking at you. And uh, that's the first episode in the can of Big Sexy Hooks. <laughs> Big sexy hooks Big Sexy hooks That's us.